No one ever saw this coming, but here we are, bonded forever by the same ex-husband. Once arch enemies and now partners in crime, we journey to the edge of sanity to uncover the dark truth about our ex-husband. My name is Athena. And I'm Amber. And we are the creators of Ex-Wives Undercover. This podcast is based on real-life events that are portrayed to the best of Athena and Amber's memory and also backed by court records and other factual evidence. While all the stories in the podcast are true, some names and identifying details have been changed to protect the privacy of the people involved. Season 1, Episode 3 And so it begins. Just as I suspected, Ben and I quickly fell into a relationship. We were both equally smitten and it felt nothing short of amazing. During the first few months of dating, I learned that Ben had graduated from ITT Technical Institute with an architectural degree. However, he was quick to explain that his plans changed and after college, he had found success working in IT recruiting. It must have been a pretty lucrative career move because Ben would boast all the time about how well he did financially. And although he didn't offer up specific numbers, I guess that was a good thing because if he did, his bragging would have definitely turned me off. Because our relationship was so new, I didn't feel it was my place to get too nosy regarding his finances anyway. All I knew was that it felt so refreshing to be dating a financially stable man. Ben also shared his excitement with me about building a home in Fremont, which is a suburb right out of Seattle. It was so exciting. Home architecture was actually a passion of mine. I couldn't wait to walk the building site with him and see all the progress that had been made. About one year before meeting Ben, I had attended this life-changing and super uplifting seminar that taught us all about creating a dream board. The speaker explained that we needed to be extremely specific about what we wanted and who we wanted. So the following day, I created my dream board and I hung it on my bedroom wall. It contained images and magazine cutouts of what my dream home would look like and other items that I envisioned having one day. Now, during this seminar, this male and female power duo were extremely specific in telling us that we ourselves needed to be specific so that essentially the universe would bring us exactly what we wanted. Therefore, up on my beautiful big vision dream board, I had, of course, a second home on the waterfront, an image of a loving and happy family, and even an image that represented me being 100% debt-free. But in addition to all of those things, I, of course, had pinned up my list of my basic must-haves for my future husband. In no particular order, the list reads as follows, and no judging. He must, number one, be taller than six feet with brown hair and brown eyes. Number two, be financially secure. Number three, love architecture or be an architect. Number four, be funny, kind, and caring. And number five, love my daughter. Number six, want to have children. Number seven, have a large penis. Number eight, be fit and into his health. 
Number nine, have zero addictions. Number 10, be left-handed. Not a must, but definitely a bonus. And to my surprise, Ben checked every single item on my list. I was absolutely shocked. It was almost as if he had already seen the list that I had written. He definitely put himself out there as a really great guy with a lot of, you know, great things to offer. He had hit every single item on my list that I had written out on the stream board and created in my bedroom. And what I put on there was things that I wanted in life. Like, I think it was within so many years and it's said to be completely specific. So, um, as I'm sure some people remember, uh, we mentioned has a big penis. <laughs> number one, <laughs> right? <laughs> it might've been number three. I don't know. It was up there. I know what I was dating and people would always be like, you are so picky. You need to stop it. You're not giving anybody another chance. And I'm like, yeah, but I just have high goals. They're always like, but they just look good on paper. Maybe, maybe they're not as great as you think they are. Do you think kind of having a board is kind of along the same lines? They fit my board and what I want in life. And I'm not going to stray from this. And like, he fit what you were wanting. And even though maybe he was going to exhibit some red flags down the line, maybe because he fit what you wanted and we're looking for, yeah, you could have overlooked some things. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I was 26, I believe. So my list was not very mature. Um, and then also, like we'd mentioned before, very more like descriptive um, outer appearance characteristics, not um, so much inner, which is actually the quality things I should have put on my dream slash vision board. And for those of you who don't know what a dream or vision board is, it's supposed to be everything you want. You're putting it out there in the universe so that it comes to you. Um, and once you do that, it's supposed to come faster and clearer and just you have it. You're right. You have it at your forefront. So you're probably onto something with that. The week after Ben stopped by unannounced to bring me a Gatorade, I took down the dream board and I hid it in my closet. He couldn't have seen it, right? Or could he? Crap, I don't know. But maybe this was just fate. I took it as a sign that we were meant to be. And during the time that Ben had his home being built, he had shared an apartment in Factoria with a childhood friend. But for whatever reason, Ben always wanted to come to my place and he never spoke about his apartment nor even invited me over. So after a few months, it started feeling odd that I had never been to his place. I would casually tease him about whether or not he even had a place, but something in my gut was telling me to look deeper. Could he be living with another woman? There's only one way to find out. So one evening, while I was in his area, I called him to say that I was coming over to give him a kiss before I headed home. But I didn't get the answer I had hoped for. I could sense the hesitation in his voice as he explained there was laundry everywhere. My heart sank. I was right. He was totally playing me. In that moment, I felt like I had nothing to lose and I told him how I felt. I explained that it was extremely odd that I'd never seen his place. I even asked him if he was married. Ben chuckled as if he thought it was cute that I would even think something like that. He told me that in addition to the embarrassing laundry pile, he and his roommate had not been getting along lately, and that he also felt that this childhood friend of his 
was abusing drugs. He also explained that he did not want to put me in an uncomfortable situation if his buddy Jay came home high on drugs. He did, however, text me his address and he told me to come over so he would prove that he was not living with another woman. So, of course, I hightailed it straight there. He greeted me at the door and welcomed me in. The apartment was pretty basic. We went straight into his bedroom where there was a ginormous mound of clean laundry sitting on the side of his bed. He looked like he was starting to fold it after he knew that I was on my way there. He sat me down on his bed and he apologized for his odd behavior. And then he explained that he was actually just embarrassed for me to see his place because he was so behind with his laundry and cleaning, but that he would rather himself be embarrassed and tell me the truth than me ever think that he was hiding anything from me. And I was well aware of how often he frequented the gym and that he was also putting in his dues and working very long hours at his new job. His story did add up, and it was smooth sailing after that. We know now, after my situation, he would never have the girlfriends come to our house. He would always go there because he had other women going on. But that's weird, right? Yeah, and it probably only honestly been three, four weeks. We were spending a lot of time in that amount of time in those three weeks, always at my home. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, strange. Yeah, like I need to come see where you live. It says a lot about a person. But you know what I did notice is that when you finally did, you showed up at the area where he lived and you're like, I'm in the area. I want to stop by. And he made it a point to reassure you that I want you to know that you can trust me and that I'd rather you come here to a dirty house and be all disheveled than think that I would ever lie to you. It's like, he wants to earn that trust. And so that's kind of like his first ways to get in there with you to make sure that you know that he's trustworthy. Ben also told me that he loved me right away. And then he began sharing stories of his life growing up in Forks. Ben was comfortable being himself with me. And I could see that. He asked me to come with him to meet his mom in the next few weeks. I felt flattered, and after two months in, I felt it was time that he meet Lexus. I had planned for Ben to come to my house on a Friday. I had told Lexus that Ben was going to take us out to dinner. She had been very aware of him the past month. They would talk to each other on the phone briefly and say hi. Ben would try to converse with my six-year-old daughter and I would laugh at how awkward he was when he tried to crack jokes with her. I could tell that I was definitely the first woman he had dated who actually had a child. So Lexus knew that Ben was arriving and she was excited. She kept asking how much longer is it going to take for him to get to our house. But finally he arrived. Lexus rushed to him and yelled, hi Ben. She then wrapped her little arms around him. She was so tiny that her arms wrapped right around his kneecaps. I chuckled a bit and I honestly felt a little emotional. Lexus was so used to her fun, outgoing, and loving father. She expected all men must be just like him. She clearly was not shy at all towards Ben. I looked at him as she hung on to him. He reached down awkwardly and patted her head a few times with this weird cheesy smile on his face. I think he was shocked that she had instantly hugged him upon his arrival, and he wasn't sure what to do. 
Within seconds, Lexus let go of him, and I grabbed my things, and we all headed out to grab dinner. Going out to dinner with the three of us soon became a weekly routine event. Time was flying, and before I knew it, we were almost four months into dating. Things were going great, and we were getting closer and closer. There were so many things to look forward to. I was also excited by the idea of Ben's new home being finished, and I wondered if one day Ben, Lexi, and I would all live together there in that house. Unfortunately, every time we planned to go see the progress being made on his house, something always seemed to come up, and we were unable to go together. At the time, it made sense that he would just stop by the building site after work on his way home. After all, he worked just a few minutes away from this new home. And my home was in Kirkland, which was about 20 miles east of downtown Seattle. But in traffic, that could easily be about a 45-minute to one-hour commute. As usual, Ben was heading to my place after he hit the gym. And after he arrived, he started to tell me about the updates on his home. He explained how the builder had just notified him that it was going to take four to six weeks longer than originally planned to complete the home. Ben seemed really frazzled, and he told me that his lease for the apartment was expiring that week. And then nonchalantly, Ben asked if I would be willing to let him crash with me for the next four weeks or so. I was speechless at first. I mean, he was my boyfriend. How could I say no? The thought of moving in together at that point had never crossed my mind, obviously. And I reminded myself that it was only temporary. I knew that it was too soon for both Lexus and I to have Ben move in with us permanently. I spoke to Lexus that night and I asked her how she felt if he stayed a few weeks with us while his home was being finished. She immediately said yes. She was excited. So I called Ben the next day and I told him that it was okay with Lexi and I both and that he could stay those weeks. He sounded relieved and he thanked me continuously. A week later, we were a household of three. Out with like mm-hmm. the garbage and taking things out and I was reading that and I'm like, what the F? <gasps> he really? He didn't do shit. That guy? No, no. He did not lift a finger. I was like the maid. Literally, like I had to bitch and complain, excuse my my language, but I had to complain on the daily to do anything. He did not sweep. He did not vacuum. He did not clean a toilet. He did take the garbage out, but that was legitly it. He paid to have someone mow the lawn. <laughs> he didn't even do the man oh, stuff, yeah, right? Like the man stuff. <laughs> he didn't do the man stuff. The man stuff always. <laughs> so yeah. I was so jealous. I'm like, what? Yeah. She at least got him to help. He brought Subway home. Yeah. <laughs> That's his cookie. Yeah, yeah, right? It's like he'd always stop and grab a drink and bring it home. And then I don't know how or why, or even why I remember this, but I remember teasing and going, oh, thanks for asking if Lexi and I wanted something. And after that, every single time he stopped, he'd bring us back a drink or a surprise. I'm not saying I trained him, but he learned quickly Maybe. how to like, <laughs> to not just be independent. I kept the standards low apparently and didn't. he just didn't feel like he needed to. The weeks flew by and it was actually enjoyable having us all together. But by the time six weeks had gone by and I hadn't witnessed Ben speak to anyone about the home he was building, 
my instincts started telling me that something just felt off. It was as if this home didn't even exist. My father was a home builder, so I knew how time-consuming and stressful building a home can be. And the fact that Ben wasn't stressed or even excited about his house started to raise more suspicions. So, just like any other woman who was a wannabe FBI agent like me, I decide to concoct a plan to get down to the bottom of things. I knew that this home of his was right by his work, so I decide to take things into my own hands and surprise Ben during lunch on Friday. My idea would be to take him to a quick lunch and then force a drive-by visit to this house. I walk into his office building and ask to be directed toward Ben's private office. The front desk admit chuckles and points toward a group of cubicles. I walk towards the grouping of desks and I see Ben sitting there. He immediately sees me and he stands up quickly and he starts walking towards me. I smile and say, surprise, I'm here to take you to lunch, babe. I realize he had clearly fudged about his private office, but I decide to push it anyway and ask him to show me his office. And I made sure I said it loud enough for his co-workers to hear me. I really wanted him to respond to my question in front of them. You see, the thing about Ben was that he always had an answer for everything. I couldn't always put my finger on what it was that fell off, but I could feel the voice in the back of my mind telling me to be cautious. Ben definitely avoids my question and then quickly escorts me outside and we get into the car and head out to grab lunch. He then, of course, has a story regarding the office confusion. He explains that recently the owner of his company had asked him to be a mentor to a team of his co-workers. Hmm, I guess this could be the truth. I decide to leave it alone because I know I have bigger fish to fry. We finish up with lunch in record time and I tell him how excited I am and that we still have another 30 minutes before his next meeting. And instead of asking, I tell him to direct me to the new house with this huge excited smile on my face. And just like that, Ben gets an emergency text to get right back to work ASAP. I now knew without a doubt that this home was complete bullshit. And seeing that he didn't even have the office that he pretended to have his own office. But I had a feeling he didn't. That's why I obviously went there. So that's why I got in my car and went, oh, hi, cute surprise you. Even a few days leading up to it, like, what are you doing? What do you have planned that morning? Do you have any meetings scheduled? So I knew that he was open. I knew that he would have a hard time backing out once I got to go to lunch with me. Holy fuck. Who is this guy? I let this man temporarily move into my home, and now that I know there is no house for him to move out to, how will I get him to move out? I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd actually been enjoying him living with us. He helped out around the house a lot with the chores, and we had all gotten into a fun routine. I felt like I had my little family unit back again, and it felt good. But regardless, this was a huge lie, and I was not going to let this one go. Once he returned home that evening, I told him that I knew he was lying about the house. He became irate, and he told me he was going to take me there tomorrow after I was off work. 
He was extremely hurt that I was even questioning him. Now I felt bad for hurting his feelings, but I couldn't shake this feeling of suspicion. And I told him he had one more day to prove without a doubt that this home existed. Ben agreed, and then we just went to bed. Now, weeks back, a coworker going on vacation had asked me to cover one of her shifts. I had Lexus, and I never worked weekends, but because Ben was at the house now, I agreed to after asking Ben if he was cool to hang out with Lex while I was at work. I was counting down the hours until I was off that day. It was finally 3 p.m. I clock out, I grab my things, and I anxiously rush to my car to head home. I had checked in with Ben to make sure things were going well earlier in the day, and he had told me that Lexus was playing outside with a friend. I try calling him on my way home, but he doesn't answer. I call the house phone next. No answer. Still no answer. I arrive home and I see Lexus playing with the neighborhood kids in the grassy common area directly across the street from our house. I, however, do not see Ben's Durango parked in the driveway. So I park and I walk towards Lex and I give her a big squeeze and ask her, where's Ben? She explains that she saw him putting stuff in his car hours ago. She goes on to tell me that he had left around lunchtime and didn't say a word to her. He just waved goodbye to her from his car as he drove off. I immediately feel my stomach turning. What the fuck is going on? How many hours did he leave your daughter, who was eight years old, by herself? Probably two or three, I would guess, because when I called her on my lunch break, it had to have been around 11 or 12, and I got off at three, and he wasn't answering then. And so she's like, I don't know where he is. I think he'll be back. I'm not sure. She was playing across the street, right? She comes across the street and starts telling me what's going on, you know, giving me updates. I looked for a mom. I couldn't find him, but he's not there. And I didn't think too much of it. He ran to the gym or 7-Eleven a lot. But I thought, like, what the fuck are you leaving my eight-year-old daughter at home by herself? Not cool. And you're not answering my phone calls. Lexus and I walk into the house together and I pretend to be calm. But inside, I am boiling mad. How dare he leave my daughter home alone by herself and not say anything to her or me about where he was going. I run upstairs to my bedroom and I see the few drawers that I had let him use were empty. I run back down the stairs and I head to the garage where he had kept his belongings all boxed up and ready to move into his new home. They were gone. He was gone and had taken everything with him. I leaned against the garage wall and I slowly sank down to the floor. My head was spinning with thoughts as I recapped the past five months. How could he have just left? He told me every day how in love he was with me. How could he do this to me? I was devastated and heartbroken. I sat there in disbelief. I took calling and texting him dozens of times. He never replied, no text, no phone call, nothing. I pulled myself together the best I could so that Lexus wouldn't see how upset I was. As I made my way back into the house, I heard my phone ding. A text from Ben had come through. The text message simply said to check the fireplace mantle for a note that he had left me. I walk over and I unfold the paper note. Dear Athena, 
I just can't do this anymore. You are such a wonderful woman and mother, but I need to be honest with you. I'm not in love with you. I have been pretending for quite a while now. You deserve to be with someone who shares your same feelings, and that person is not me. I know you will move on in no time and have a great life. Goodbye, Athena. Ben. What the hell is going on? Once I realized the stuff was gone, I just, I sat down. I remember sitting in the stairwell and she's just looking at me and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, what the this fuck? Was the day that he was supposed to show you the house. The day they supposed to and show you the house. And show that he wasn't lying. And, and I'm just like, that motherfucker. <laughs> I was right? right. I was right. And you made me feel like shit that night before. And yeah. you fucking lying piece of shit. And you, I let you come into my house around my daughter. You piece of shit. I know that feeling all too well. Wow. Like, I felt so taken advantage of and stupid. And and you coward. You can't even fucking say anything to me. Like, who is the stranger that I've been saying I love you to who's been just telling me these wonderful and amazing things like I love you you're everything I ever wanted like uh, like ugh. I felt so stupid you know like I just felt so dumb and yeah. embarrassed and just really hurt how could you not like I, I trusted this person and allowed him into my home and then he betrayed you in that manner yeah I felt he didn't even give I felt you guilty for letting him in my life with my daughter because more than just me I have to you know be concerned about and then everything like a flood of emotions even like wow like should I have should I have really finalized the ending with Shane like is yeah. this what's out there like I <laughs> exactly. it was like panic mode you know and um and it was disappointing it was just like things like flashing like what I do what I do what I do like why didn't I see this Oh my God, I'm crazy. Like, how could I have not have seen this? What's wrong with me? I was in complete shock. I sat on the steps that led upstairs and I reread the note over and over. My chest ached. I felt like I was hit by a truck. Is this really happening? How could he be this cruel? I was so angry with myself for being such a fool. But none of this made sense. The note was beyond hurtful, and I couldn't believe that I allowed this asshole to move into my home and be around my daughter. Lexus came and sat next to me on the stairs. I knew I was supposed to hide my hurt and tears, but I couldn't. I sobbed as she wrapped her little arms around me and she hugged me tightly. After the initial shock wore off, the anger started to set in, and I decided to send a barrage of texts to Ben. The messages first started out as hate messages. No response. And after some time had passed, I sent more text messages. This time, the messages had more of a why me theme. Finally, Ben started to reply. His responses were very short. I found myself begging him to meet me face to face. He told me he was hesitant to meet me and that it wouldn't change anything. I told him that he at least owed me an explanation face-to-face. -face. And if he really felt the way he said he did in the letter that he wrote me, he needed to man up and say those things to me in person. I at least deserve that. That's when Ben stops responding. 
when somebody leaves you, I think it's a natural response to, I don't know. Um, ugh, so gross to think about, but I'm like really feeling like I need to know an answer and almost like chasing after him. Like what the fuck? First, my motherly instinct is like, something happened is something wrong. It's just like, none of this makes sense. And then, so then, no, especially because I know how he pours it on thick. He will make you feel like the most special person in the world and that you are the most loved, adored, special woman ever. A week goes by and I receive a message from Ben. He tells me that he has given a lot of thought to what I had said previously about meeting in person. I was stunned. My stomach was a knot. It had been a few days and sure, I'd cooled off, but was meeting him a good idea? I decide not to reply. Ben messages me again. He asked me to meet him down at Juanita Park Beach in Kirkland in one hour. So I did what every other self-respectable woman would do, and I immediately ran upstairs to my bedroom to find the perfect outfit, fix my hair, and touch up my makeup. I would show that asshole what he was missing out on. I give myself a once-over in the mirror, I jump in my car, and I head down to the beach. I make sure I turn on my female power playlist. Lord knows I need a confidence boost, so I go straight to a Destiny's Child song. I arrive within 10 minutes, and thanks to a good jam session, I am feeling strong enough to hear what this jackass has to say. I need closure, so I know this meeting has to happen. At first, I'm like, fuck you, but then I'm like, yeah, fuck you. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna <laughs> right? like let me do yeah, my hair. Yeah, like, super cute, <laughs> super hot. Heck yeah, like we all yeah. would. I see Ben Starango in the parking lot as I make my way to the grassy entrance of the park. Ben is standing there. He has this huge smile on his face as he watches me walk towards him. I feel so confused now. I want to walk up to my best friend, have him wrap his arms around me and tell me it's going to be okay, just like he had done in the previous times when I was hurting or sad. Obviously, this was different though. He caused my pain and sadness. He can't console me. Ben then takes my hand and he pulls me down onto the blanket that he had placed on the grass under a big tree. We sit facing each other in silence for a few seconds. My eyes must have expressed exactly what I was feeling. Sadness, confusion, hurt and anger were written all over my face. A few moments later, he begins to apologize for how he handled everything. I stop him and just yell out, you left me a fucking Dear John letter, Ben? He stops talking and he just stares at me. I continue to blurt out my feelings and how it hurt and confused I am with what he wrote in that letter to me. A few days before all of this, he's bringing up marriage and telling me he wants to have a child with me one day, and then the next day you're leaving me a fucking goodbye note on the fireplace mantle. After I finish my teary rant, Ben asks if he can explain his feelings and why he did what he did. I nod and he starts his explanation. I lied to you. I do love you, Athena. The truth is that I'm not good enough for you. And I realized that. I thought that if I said the things I did in the letter, you would hate me enough to never contact me again. 
and you would move on to someone who really deserves you. His brown eyes stared deeply into mine with complete sincerity the entire time he was speaking. I was speechless. This was not what I was expecting Ben to say. With his eyes welling up with tears, he continues to explain that he was in awe of me and my accomplishments at such a young age. He admits that because I owned my own home, he didn't think I would be interested in him if he wasn't as financially sound as he thought I wanted him to be. Next, he goes on to explain that he actually does have a hefty amount of money saved up and was planning to put a down payment on a home. He apologizes over and over again for lying about everything. He says that he saw me so excited about the house and he didn't know how to tell me the truth. He was afraid I would just break things off with him. Ben begs me to give him another chance. He then asks if I will go house hunting with him for our future home together. He becomes emotional and tells me that he had a dream the night before that we were happily married, we had a son together, and we lived in a beautiful home. I cave. This man was so honest and even cried. How could I not give him a second chance? What you don't know is that while Athena and Ben were basking in their new relationship, Ben had secretly got another woman pregnant by the name of Daisy and he kept it hidden from Athena. Let's hear a little more from Daisy about how it all went down. So I had been broken up with uh, my boyfriend for two months and my roommate and I um, had planned a trip to California. We went out and this was the chop house in Studio City. I'm sitting there and I think I was up pretty soon to do karaoke. I love karaoke. But anyways, <laughs> I'm looking and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, this my friend's like, he's looking at you, this guy. I'm like, he's gorgeous. He just hung out that night and he bought me drinks and everything was good and they were just blitzed and my friend um, had her guy with her and uh, Ben and I were talking and I could see how drunk they were. So I got the keys from them and I drove their vehicle and drove them back. So I ended up there staying there the first night and well, you know, stuff happens. This is very detailed. <laughs> we have finished and then I went to the bathroom and I found the top of the condom stuck to my inner thigh like literally the whole top of it blew out oh my gosh this wasn't like a little hole it was literally separated all the way I told him I mean I really didn't think I was pregnant and this is the this was the kicker he was so sweet about it and he just held me all night like it was like totally unexpected the way that he treated me it was about a week's worth of time that we talked multiple times a day. We made plans to get together when I got back to Seattle. I think I ended up leaving like four messages altogether and it was like each one was increasing to get to where the last one was, I said all oh, but I'm pregnant. He even listened to the messages that he just deleted them. The only reason I was trying to get a hold of him um, when I had found out was because I felt like that was the fair thing to do. 
And then he could figure out what he's doing. I knew in my heart I was keeping the child. So there was no question for me. Now, after Ben ghosted Daisy, he went on to date a woman named Dee, who was a beautiful brunette hairstylist in Seattle. Here's the twist, though. Daisy and Dee had a mutual friend named Tasha. And lo and behold, one day they both walked into Dee's salon. And you'll never guess what happened next. She comes in and says, um, I say, oh my gosh, it's great to see you too. Like, what are you doing here? And she said, well, we rode together, but I actually just had a question for you. She said to me, I just found out I'm pregnant. And of course I'm like, congratulations. And she, and she said, I want to know about dyeing my hair. So she asked me a bunch of questions about hair. And I had known Daisy to have a long-term boyfriend. That's what I had known of her when I had, you know, met with her and, you know, we, we all, we were go-go dancers at a nightclub together. So that's how I knew Tasha. So she says, you know, I'm just trying to find out if I can dye my hair basically. And I give her my advice about, you know, it's fine, whatever. And then I said, so is this a good thing? Is this exciting news? Or cause I couldn't really read her and I knew she had had this long-term boyfriend. Right. And she says, well, I'm not sure yet. And I look at my client confused and she says, she had a one night stand in California and she can't get a hold of the guy. And of course that's a lot. So I'm like, I'm like, Oh, Oh gosh. You know? And she goes, but the weird thing is he lives here in this, in your city. And I said, Oh really? And my client says, yeah, his name is Ben. ben. And, yeah. and I, I about, I want to vomit. Right. I mean, I am already like so smitten with this guy and I, you're dating him. No. And so obviously I think that's a really common name. It's, there's no way. I mean, obviously that'd be like super weird. Right. And then she talked about, I said, what does he do for a living? And she said, he works at this particular company and I start like getting nauseous. And then she said, all I really know, he has a specific, yeah, yeah. He has a specific tattoo. And it was obvious because it's a very lame tattoo and not a lot of people probably have that because it's <laughs> <Yeah>. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so I, I was and like, very undersized. I, I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in, and inaccurate. So let's talk True. about that for a second. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would have just and, fucking pissed myself right nice. there. Well, just... I, I, I think I did. I think I did pee a little actually. And so I said, <laughs> I need to sit down. Shocked. I need to sit down. I swear to God, I'm dating him. And I pull up his picture. I said, is that him? And they're both like, and it's a picture of us together. She's like, yes. She put two and two together and she's like, oh my gosh, that's my boyfriend. And it was like, oh wow. Okay, this has come full circle. (laughs) I mean, this is just. I would have died. In all my life, like I have never heard stories like this. And so of course I said, well, I mean, I can, I'll make him get in touch with you. There's no way that was like unacceptable. I mean, obviously I'm going to take her side as a woman, you know, I mean, that's oh, messed yes. up and I could tell she was hurting and I yeah. felt bad. I mean, mm. and, and then, and honestly at that moment was probably the worst I felt about him. I just felt really and, sad that his character, he would, he would do something like that. And, and I mean, not a, oh how, God. how shitty that this dude is not going to respond to her and even acknowledge her. I, I did my client's hair and obviously I was very upset and I just, I messaged him and said, Hey, when you get back into town, will you come right over to my house? I want to see you. And he said, what's up? And I just said, I just miss you. I can't wait to see you. And girl. so he, he came right over. He came right over when he got back into town 
And I just said, I had a really weird experience at work the other day and I want to tell you about it. And I gave him this hypothetical situation with no names. And then I looked at him and said, the woman I'm talking about, her name is Daisy. And he just went Blank. white as a ghost. <laughs> and he said, oh. oh, I love it. And, I, he, yeah, yeah. and so I said, you need to call her. You need to do the right thing. At that point, I actually was already making plans to move um, to Astoria. So I was three months along, I think. So, and obviously yeah. you knew and you were right because he is the father. I think it was the next day. He okay. called to, um, to come and see me and talk about it. This was one of the hardest things that has ever happened to me. My whole life, abortion is not for me, not at all, but he is very convincing. Um, and what I mean by that is we had the conversation and he gave me the reasons of why he felt that I should have an abortion. And there was one point when he's like, I'm like, because it's something with a woman, like that is going to be with me the rest of my life. I would not be able to handle it. He's like, you would get over it. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get over it. So that day left me, um, he was cordial. He wasn't getting angry yet, but um, he definitely was like trying to give me the reasons. And I kept telling him, I'm like, look, here's the deal. You can choose whether or not you want to be a part of this child's life. That is completely up to you. He was irritated. Um, his biggest argument was it wasn't fair because as the man, they have no say over it. He left me thinking about all the reasons that I should get an abortion, even though I knew in my heart and my soul it was never gonna happen. And now, your red flag, not so fun fact. One of the ways narcissistic relationships sneak up on us is when they represent something we have never experienced and are an offset to the difficult parts of our life histories. People who come from dysfunctional relationships may be really drawn to what appears to be a healthier person. So, for instance, if a person craves stability, then if the person you're dating offers that, it can be really, really seductive. This is according to Dr. Romani, a leading clinical psychologist specializing in narcissism. Can you see how Athena might have been attracted to what Ben was offering in episode three? After coming off a failed marriage to an alcoholic, Ben presented himself as everything she had ever hoped for, even hitting all those must-haves on her dream board. Next time on Ex-Wives Undercover. He didn't seem to be put off by, by Preston at all, but clearly he was. As soon as I kind of wave, Ben's right behind me, grabbing me, planning a big kiss on me pulling me back away from the bar, holding me tight. He was like, yeah. this email is fucking nuts. He forwards it to me. He found him on LinkedIn. I was mortified. Yeah. He is stalking my page so hardcore. I just want you to know, like, do you know that much about him? You're my friend. I read your email to him. I saw the date on it. I just thought to myself, is this a reason that this new man who's super in love with me, who's afraid to lose me, who clearly I know is a little insecure and it's kind of sweet, maybe yeah. makes maybe it made me feel a little safer. 
And once again, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review and make sure to join our private Facebook group for even more juicy info. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And of course, you can always visit our site at www.xwivesundercover.com.